Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome into another edition of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are into episode 17 this week. And we got a lot to get to. We're going to do something new that we haven't done that we will likely do again, maybe maybe in a segment, maybe in a full episode. Uh, we're going to do an in the booze or an in the bruise. We'll, we'll let you guys help us pick which, which you like better. It's going to be an in the beer news segment. I'm so. good with either. Yeah, I think they're both pretty cool. And in the booze was suggested to us prior to this podcast. And then Patrick yesterday said in the bruise. And I was like, that's also a good one. So whichever one you guys like, feel free to let us know. And uh, that this will be likely a recurring segment or maybe like once every month or every other month, we'll do a full podcast of an in the news kind of thing and uh, just catch you up on beer news. So that's coming up on the podcast today. You can find us on radio.com on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on 1080thefan.com, and we post them out on our social media pages. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PZD085 on Instagram. And subscribe and rate and review and all that good stuff. And uh, keep doing that if you have, or if you have done it already, thank you. And if you haven't, we'd love it, we'd love it if you could because it helps us out I'm and still helps grow the brand. I'm still waiting on a review that is detailed and specific about how terrible we are. I know, we haven't gotten any of those yet. Yeah. Is that a good thing? Uh, well, I mean, like, I don't, like, to be honest, I don't want a review that's like, you guys are great, keep it up, or you guys suck, give it up, you know, those don't do anything for You want, me. like, a real critique. Yeah, tell me why we suck. Or tell us why we're great, in specific, <laughs> excruciating detail. Something I can send to my mama. <laughs> exactly. Um, mama, look, the internet likes me. So we're going to get to all the, the new stuff here in a second, but as we always do, talk about your week in beer to start the podcast, and... I'm very excited about my weekend beer because I brought my wife to a certain place for the first time and we spent a lot less money than we thought we did for the amount of beer that we bought. But I want to save that. So if you have anything interesting, we'll let you start. Sure. But I, I'm i very giddy about my weekend beer this yeah, week. You're like bursting at the seams about this. Um, my, Mine's pretty simple, but I, I did. Wa- you know what? I wasn't until the way you responded to when I sent you the picture of what we purchased. I was like... <laughs> Was that really crazy? Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of beer. Um, my week wasn't too crazy. I don't think so. I'm like trying to rack my head real quick. I don't think there was anything out of the ordinary, but I have realized something that I didn't think I would ever kind of get to that I've, I don't know if I've been like putting it off or pushing it away from me, um, but I am a bona fide Miller High Life drinker now. That's strange. It is quite strange, and I find them delicious. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't know why. Well, there's got to be some reason. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Does it actually taste good? I think so. Huh. Yeah, and I think the high carbonation levels of it, like it makes it kind of like, uh, I mean, I'm drinking a soda water in front of me right now. It's kind of like that, but beer. You're a LaCroix boy. Yeah. Well, I'm just in anything. This was on sale. Oh, uh, okay. I don't like LaCroix. I think LaCroix tastes like dirty sewer water. Oh, well, you know the joke where it's like, You'll be drinking a LaCroix and someone down the hall will yell a flavor, random flavor and you're like, oh yeah, it does taste like that. Because <laughs> you have no earthly idea <laughs> yeah, what it tastes yeah, like. Yeah. I'm drinking the passion fruit one right now and I'm like, yeah, passion fruit. I totally get it. <laughs> I would try that and be like, mmm, tastes like seltzer, that's, but bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've been finding myself drinking Miller High Life and I'm kind of okay with it. It's cheap. It's at almost every bar and it's better than drinking like Bud Light. Like that stuff's gross. Like I can't do Bud Light, Coors so, Light, things like that. Okay. 
maybe I don't want to get into this too much because it could be saved for a big beer podcast because yeah. if you're starting to drink that and, or it's like a Pabst, right? People will still drink Pabst even yeah. if they like craft beer. You know, I, I've heard that some of those are not the worst in the world, right? Yeah. Like a, a Coors Banquet beer or a Miller High Life. Like you could. I do High Life or Rainier. You could do those and they're not that bad. High Life or Rainier. And if I'm in Pullman, uh, Bush Light, obviously. Well, yeah. No Cougs. And if I went back to Q's, I'd have Keystone Light because yeah. you have to. Oh, <laughs> well, God. <laughs> same as Bush Light, though. Let's I like be honest. How I'm like scoffing at your disgusting <laughs> beer choice and mine are just as disgusting. <laughs> Yet you're drinking them anyway. Yeah. So maybe we'll save that for our, our big beer podcast because that interests me because I. Because I've maybe it's because I had to grow up here that when I go out, I have to have the craft beer that's on tap. I don't want to have anything else because I want to try it because I want to enjoy it because I live mm-hmm. here now. But you've grown up here, so maybe it's just like, ah, oh, well, of course that's going to be there. But let me let me go off the board here. Yeah, well, I think it was because I was at a bar last night. I mean, so on Thursdays when I close the restaurant, sometimes me and a couple people will go to this dive bar and, um, I don't necessarily like the choices they have on draft, so I end up finding myself drinking High Life. And then I went to the craft beer bar, or not craft beer bar, but uh, a bar right by my house last night. And I was feeling a beer, but I looked up at the tap list, and they were pouring a Breakside beer. And I was like, man, I had one of those earlier today. I don't want to drink this right now. I'll just have a High Life and some whiskey. And yeah, I know. There you go. I know. I'm changing. Are you changing? You're not changing. You're just... Diversifying. Expanding. Sure. Expanding your horizons. Or is it retracting your horizons because you're going back to Miller High Life? But I'm adding whiskey. That's true. Yeah. Uh, whiskey is great. Bourbon, Whis- great as well. I, I do the Irish stuff. Mm. It's actually my least favorite of all the types. Actually, cool. no, rye whiskey is my least favorite. Is it too sweet for you, the Irish stuff? No, it's too dry. Oh. Cool. Yeah. I'm not a big dry liquid fan. I like it, but probably because my blood is made of it. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, My week in beer that I've been very excited about. So I took my wife to John's Marketplace for the first time in Multnomah Village because I had been there a couple times, and that's where I've gotten my beer the weeks from. And uh, I was like, you know, if we were going out that way on Saturday, I was like, do you want to go check it out? Because you like beer, and you you haven't seen, like, three-quarters of the beers in there. I guarantee it. She was like, yeah, sure. So we went in there, and we got a little hand cart, and we just went aisle to aisle. And I was like, do you want to just pick whatever you want? She's like, yeah, get whatever you want. And we just went aisle to aisle. And in John's Marketplace, if you haven't been there, they sort each aisle by state or city or or country where the beer is from. So we started in Portland Metro, and we worked worked our way through Washington, Colorado, Montana, New York, uh, into Germany, Belgium, and all the European countries. And we wound up buying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen beers. Uh, six or no, five cans and nine bottles and big bottles too, for the most part. Only seventy six dollars, by the way. Not so bad. I was expecting a hundred plus when I when I when we brought all the beers up and we got seventy six. I was like, oh, that's doable. Yeah, that's not too bad at all. And it was my first time truly wandering through a bottle shop like that that had as many options as they do. I was like a kid in a candy store. I mean, my favorite beer so far, I haven't finished all of them yet. There's still a bunch in my fridge. But the favorite one I had so far was one from Denmark that was a honey stout. And it was so rich and so thick. And it was delicious. And I I could not get over how good it was. And I tried a bunch of different ones. I got an Omnigang one, which is a New York brewery who does a lot of Game of Thrones themed beer. Uh, I've seen some of theirs. I haven't had it yet, but it's called Mother of Dragons. So Daenerys. Um 
I got a Ballast Point peanut butter victory at sea, which I haven't tried yet. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. These are all your kind of beers, Mike. Well, I was the one who picked them. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, you're a stereotype now. Yeah. Also, to break my stereotype, although I like metal music, so if you don't know that, now you do, uh, I got an unfiltered lager from Germany that was made specifically for the metal band Mastodon, and it had their logo on it and everything, and I was like, well, I have to try this beer. have to do this. And it was actually really good. It was a very basic, easy-drinking beer, but I was like, all right, I can, I can get down with this. And, uh, and yeah, we just, a lot of different breweries, a lot of different states and countries represented. And it was a, uh, it was a fun time. I'm glad my wife liked it so much. She was, cause she was the one who picked like half of them. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. All right. Yeah. It's always a plus when the wife is like, I'm in, let's do this. Oh honey, just get whatever you want. You're I know. Like, uh-oh. Well, I, I, I showed her, I think the mother of dragons was the most expensive one. Yeah. And it's like $15. I was like, you sure? And she was like, yeah, just get it. I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> What yes. chores do I have to do around the house this time? Just, you know, twi- twist my arm. I'll I'll put it in the basket. That's place fine. Could, that place could be pretty dangerous for me. Oh yeah. Would the uh, would would the states of like Montana and Colorado look like? Do um, it look like common stuff or? No, you see was, a lot of stuff you didn't know. Well, I I don't know those states very well in the first place, but no, I I re- I did not recognize a lot of places. There was a lot of, and I recognized some from your trip to Denver when you mm-hmm. told me about the places you went. I recognized some of those, but. No, it's it's a lot of stuff that I had never heard of before. Cool. And the European section slash international section is gigantic. Oh, and that that I have no idea. I have no idea about any of that stuff. Right. Well, that's why like we just went through and just saw like, hey, this looks interesting or this looks good. And yeah. My wife loves Hogarden Wit from Belgium. I was Belgium. Just about to say like Hogarden's like the one brewery I know. Yeah, that, well, she got one of those. Um, Vine Stefaner as well. There is... There's like a Morocco section, a Kenya section. Well, they make hops. They grow hops in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they they were very simple looking beers, but they were there. And I was like, wow, this is so this is crazy. Have you ever had Italian beer? No. Don't. Okay. Yeah. Woof. I don't know if there was Italian beer there. Oh, and there was an England section. And my dad, which I've mentioned on the podcast before, his favorite beer is Samuel Smith's. I took him a picture. They had like five shelves of Samuel Smith's, and he was like, I don't recognize half of those. I was like, well, next time you come, I'll bring you here. You can yeah. try different Samuel Smith's beers. That's right. That's famous beer. Um, all right. That was my week in beer. Once again, please uh, rate, subscribe, and review us where you find us, iTunes, Radio.com, Google Play, 1080thefan.com, Stitcher, etc. But let's get into the topic of the week, or the topics of the week, and that is because we're going to be doing In the Brews or In the Booze today. And there's uh, some local beer news that I think needs to be talked about. And I'd like to start here. We have discussed many times on this podcast, how, or we've asked the question of some people as well, about the oversaturation of the market, about why so many breweries open, but so many stay open and are successful. And lo and behold, this week, or these last two weeks, we get not one, not two, but three big name breweries Closing or reducing their output or closing a location. Alameda Brewing, closing. Yeah. Portland Brewing, closing partially. They're closing the restaurant. The restaurant's the restaurant closed. tap room. And they're just going to distribute. Yep. And Lompoc, closing their Northwest 23rd location, which I believe was their original location. So that they still have two places left, but they've now closed two locations out of their four. Yep. And... You've mentioned a couple of times, like the commons closed, or uh, I remember there was one called BTU Brasserie 
that was like a Chinese food beer place. Oh yeah, I, I remember hearing about that. I never went there. I hadn't gone. I didn't go either. We were. My wife was interested because she loves Chinese food, but it was like, okay, we'll go there, and then they close and they turn into something else. Um, is this a sign of things to come, or is this just kind of like a bad news comes in threes? Three breweries close at the same time, but it's not that big of a deal. Tough to say. I don't know. I mean, I think the the Lompoc one, I don't, I don't fully understand. Um, I mean, I could also just be a Lompoc honk. Um, I've always, I've always gone to Lompocs ever since you know they became something and they came on my radar. Um, I've enjoyed Lompoc. The twenty third spot too, especially like when we were opening Slabtown, the the new Breakside. They were just down the road, and we'd go down there all the time. And, you know, the beer, you know, I think the beer is not going to, like, absolutely blow you away, but I think Lompoc makes pretty solid beer. I wouldn't say it's bad. Um, so that one's kind of surprising to me. Um, the fifth quadrant is still open, and the Oaks Bottom is still open. But then the Hedge House on Division, which is a super cool spot, closed, but then opens up with a new brewery in right. Little Beast's location. Well, and I want to get to that, too, because sometimes the places that close, they just get replaced right. by another brewery. Right, and so that like, that kind of... I'm kind of intrigued as to... It like lessens the blow of it a little bit to the consumer? Yeah, well, I'm kind of in, intrigued as to why, you know, Lompoc doesn't work there, but Little Beast will. Um, I mean, I think Little Beast makes great beer. It's very different beer than what you're getting from Lompoc. So it could be that. It could be something more niche that the neighborhood, rev, uh, you know, evolves to. Uh, but it, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not super sure about the Lompoc one. The Alameda one... Um, I mean, I don't know how to nicely say this, but I'm not very surprised. Um, I think Alameda has struggled, uh, in terms of making some quality beer for a long time now. And, uh, I don't, I don't love the food there. Um, I never really loved the service there either. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think that that is more of a model that you have to be good at something. And if you're kind of average at everything, that's going to be a struggle. Well, so the Lompoc one, I've been to the 23rd location multiple times um, I am not necessarily as much of a Lompoc honk as as you are, I guess, as you would say. I thought they were fine, right? Yeah. They're they're solid beer, solid food, but nothing that really grabbed me as a oh, I got to go back. It was just like oh, we're in the neighborhood; it's convenience right here. Uh, now there's a Breakside two blocks away, so <laughs> a little 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 different choices in, yeah. on Twenty Third than there used to be. But um, maybe that's part of the reason too. But you know, they were fine, right? They they didn't stand out to me. Alameda, I had never gone to. So I can't speak on the food or service. Their beer, from what I had, that was you know on tap or bottled, fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, nothing stood out. Right. It's solid to average beer. Great. Um, so that's part of the reason why they might close. Right. So people will see that like, oh my god, there's oversaturation of breweries, and it's like, well, sure, maybe, but it's not like this super uber successful place just closed down because people didn't go because there were so many other options. Right. And even in the Alameda neighborhood, there's not oversaturation there no so where alameda is it's like pips donuts and that's it right yeah there's really not a ton over there yeah so you and then and it's a huge family neighborhood too i mean there's there's money in alameda let's not lie that neighborhood is a very nice neighborhood in portland uh so that tells me you know if if there's people there and there's nothing no competition around you and you close to me that's kind of just like that's on you yeah you know because oversaturation i think you know i think that would exist if we were sitting in a neighborhood where I had four breweries in a mile radius, then I could see one of them shutting down. That would make sense to me. But when you're kind of the only dog on the block, that's not good. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think for people saying, wow, there's a lot of breweries, it's like, well, yes, but 
the two that are, well, the one that is closing, Alameda is closing. Yeah. Um, was not the best. Mm-hmm. And Lompoc's closing a location, but they still have two. So right. it's not like they're going they're still away. Still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And I've drank a lot of, a lot of proletariat red. I've drank a lot of C Note in my life and C Suns, which is their winter beer. Um, yeah, I've always liked Lompoc. And then, so that that partially explains that. I think what is really interesting is the Portland Brewing shutting down everything but their distribution. Yeah. Because we've talked about that in our first episode as one of the original breweries. and We didn't have one of their beers, but also mentioned them in the OG beer episode a couple of weeks ago. That one surprises me. It's an old, classic, reliable. Now, they're not going away. They're still going to give their beer out to, to places to, to use but and obviously make beer. But the fact that they're closing down their taproom and restaurant, is that a sign of their quality? Is that a sign of the location? Because to me, I think part of it might have been location because when I saw where it was, I was like, who goes at what? Yeah, have you ever been down there? No, there's yeah. nothing over there. It's it's like industrial district. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, why would you go there to eat and drink? So is that part of the reason why they closed? Or is it mostly similar to maybe Alameda and it's like, well, you know, they're they're not doing that great. And they just want to stay alive because they're a legacy brand kind of thing. Well, I th- I think a lot of it has to do with that location, um, which is unfortunate because I've been in there multiple times. I mean, in my younger days, I used to play shows there. I used to play music shows there, which is kind of weird to do in a brewery. Um, but uh, I had a friend who worked there. We used to get kegs from them all the time when we'd go on rafting trips and stuff like that. And, and uh, the place is really cool. The food is good. Um, the, the beer's, the beer's the beer, the beer's an OG beer. Um, but they're also brewing all of pyramid stuff too. Yeah. So they do that as well. So there's no, you know, pyramid has great contracts with, you know, the Seattle teams, like in the sports arenas and stuff like that. So they, their beer is being purchased and they're not, I don't think they're scaling back. I think that is a cause of location because the food is good. I can't remember the service really. I think I sat at the bar a lot, but the food was good, you know, and the beer was good enough. Uh, but yeah, man, there's nothing down there. The closest thing down there, no lie, is Casa Diablo, the strip, <laughs> the, the vegan strip club. Yeah, the famous one. Yeah, that that's really the only thing over there. Yeah, and I because there was another restaurant over in that area too that closed or changed. I think it was called the Merryweather. It was a nicer restaurant, but it was kind of out in that way too. And people just don't go out there. Yeah, especially because Northwest Twenty Third has exploded the way it has. Mm-hmm. If you go to that in the Northwest Portland. You're going to 23rd and the surrounding areas. Right. You're not going out past Vaughn to where all the industry is. Exactly. Maybe eventually if, if say, a baseball stadium is built there or it continues to expand, which it could because that area is still growing, maybe then it would have succeeded at a higher level because more people live there and more people are going there. But at this point, it's industry. Yeah, it'll, so. be, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that space, too. I mean... Well, if they're still going to use it to distribute, right? Well, I mean, and I mean, brew? like the actual restaurant oh, itself. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what they do with that space because, yeah, I think you just brought up an interesting point. If a baseball stadium does go in down there, that place better open back up because you'd be missing out, right? A I, lot. The tap, the tap room is big. Yeah, you can fit a lot of people in there. It's weird timing too because there's so much. For those who don't know, who are maybe not listening in, in the city of Portland, there's a lot of buzz about Major League Baseball coming to Portland, mm-hmm. and one of the stadium sites is right over there. Yeah, the probably the most likely stadium site is right over there. Mm-hmm. So it's an 
interesting time to decide to close. Yeah, but I mean... Especially with that news being so big in the area. Yeah, but I mean, we still could be, you know... Three to five years away from that baseball team, and if so, yeah, if you're maybe, if you're maybe, losing money at the restaurant, yeah, maybe it's not worth maybe it. cut the loss now and maybe save that to open up in the future. Yeah, that's interesting. So those are the three big bits of news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost said pyramid. Portland Brewing, um, Alameda, and Lompoc closing, reducing and or losing a location all in the last couple of weeks. The one thing I did want to ask though is. So we talk about oversaturation, but we also talk about maybe those places just weren't cutting it in their neighborhood. Oftentimes when a brewery closes here, that space just goes to another brewery. Mm-hmm. We've seen new ones open up in the space of old ones all the time. All the time. And sometimes they succeed, sometimes they don't. You know, Sometimes it's purely a location thing. Like the location's mm-hmm. not great, people aren't going by a lot, whatever. But, I mean, you mentioned, you said Little Beast, right, is mm-hmm. the name of the one. And you talked about how it's getting some buzz already and people are going there. Yeah, well, Charles Porter, the head brewmaster and owner there, he uh, comes from Logston. He makes fantastic wild fermentation beers. So, so it doesn't it doesn't shock me um, that that does well. But uh, yeah, the, my question is, is, is it because... Is it because Chuck comes with a lot of lot of you know clout in the beer industry? A lot of he's you know he's a heavy hitter. He's he's a legend in this town, so it makes me wonder if that keeps it going or if it's the diversity. Like if it's his beers are completely different than Lompoc's beers. Maybe that neighborhood at Hedge House on Division. Maybe that needed that. Um, you know, maybe there's too much of you know the standard American style beers around, or maybe people just want something new and fresh. It could be just as simple as that. Yeah, like I is, talk about this all the time. That's true. I mean, I do not feel this way about Little Beast in any way, shape, or form. I think their beers are fantastic, but it could be garbage. And if it's new and different, it might create buzz because the neighborhood, every neighborhood, wants a brewery by them. So it still could be that as well for some for a common person that doesn't yeah. that doesn't know the industry, that doesn't know who Charles Porter is or know his history or his lineage and the and the quality of his beers. Just like oh, something new and fun, and I can take my kids. Let's go check it out. Um, yeah, there could always be that. But I've seen it in Vancouver, too. There was this brewery called Dirty Hands. Terrible name for a brewery, by the way, uh, that closed down. And then when they opened this place, Trusty went right in. The place is exactly the same. And their beer is good. And they survive. Yeah. So so yeah. then I guess the answer to the question is, is maybe it's not oversaturation. Maybe it's just quality. The quality. Yeah. Or Or... A little bit of the what's new and fresh. I do think there's people, an aspect to that. And a lot of people in the city, especially too, it's a lot of uh, what's the latest trend? Mm-hmm. What are what are we going to next, right? Like people rip loved Voodoo Donuts, and then people ripped on Voodoo Donuts because they wanted Blue Star because Blue Star was better. Mm-hmm. Now people rip on Blue Star. Yep. They think Blue Star sucks, and they want to go to Pips, yep. right? And then eventually something else will open, and they'll say Pips is too big, and they suck, and they're yep. going to go somewhere else. That's, that's a kind of a Portland thing. Very much so. And that could be the same in the brewery world as well I, right I, yeah i like, think so lompoc's been here forever i'm not going to go there i've been there 10 times Ooh, little beast yep let's yeah. go let's try it out uh so that, that's the that's the big serious news of the of the week this week but also you found a little little note of a uh, migration brewing yeah. has a little uh pop-up restaurant at the lloyd center yeah i was reading about this uh, apparently the lloyd center wants to uh get some more local vendors in during the holiday season and especially like beer as well so they've tabbed uh migration they're gonna open up a little like diner cheeseburger spot in lloyd center that i think sounds, it sounds cool that sounds really you cool like yeah. burger and fries and a beer for 11 bucks and it's just cans it's not on draft 
But I mean, if you got to go to the mall and you're holiday shopping, first of all, I'm sorry. That's tough. He drew a short straw. <laughs> um, but if you got to be at the mall, you know, hey, honey, yeah, go go get your mom something. I'll, I'll be, uh, I'm going to grab a burger. And I think it's really cool. I saw some pictures of it. It, it looks, it looks it's cool. Old timey diner yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. And it's got like the the old fashioned spinny bar stool seats and the the checkerboard tile and it looks like Back to the Future and like the it, restaurant in Back to the Future. Well, I was gonna say it looks like a lot of the diners I went to growing up. Oh. <laughs> we don't got a lot of diners like that around here. No, there's almost no diners around no. here. A little, a little sad, but yeah, there's we're a lot more, of breweries to make up we're for. We're more it. civilized out here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it looks really cool and. You know me. I'll go burgers first at a restaurant all the time, so it's kind of an easy easy match for me. I don't live near the Lloyd Center. I probably won't go to the Lloyd Center, so I probably will not try this place. Yeah. But it's a cool idea for people who do have to go there and holiday shop and uh, and, and want to go get a beer and yeah. get some good food. Why not? We should. I'd like to see more pop up places like that. I've seen some of the the bigger names in this city. They've done like pop up bars in other cities. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Deschutes did a pop up bar for a week in Chicago. And it was just a little little place. They had their beer on tap, some food. Yep. And it was just like an introduction to the Chicago city of that beer. Mm-hmm. And Chicago is not the best craft beer city, but it's a growing craft beer city with a lot of decent breweries around there as well. And some bigger name ones like Goose Island, uh, all in that area. But it, it's kind of cool to see that. I'd like to see that more because I think that'd be a great way to introduce, even within the city or within the burbs, the, the general metro area, I think it'd be cool to do like a pop-up shop in Wilsonville and people down there are like, Oh, I've heard of this place in Portland, but I don't get up there that much. Let me go try it. And then now you're at the store buying their beer. Exactly. I think that'd be really cool because I don't know the cost behind it. And maybe it's not cost effective and maybe for a lot of the smaller breweries, it's not worth it, but I just think it'd be fun. And as someone who lives in the burbs and doesn't have, well, has one and, and soon to be two in general vicinity of me, uh, I would love to, be able to go out and be like, oh, right, blah, 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 opened up a pop-up shop downtown Beaverton. Let's uh, let's go over there and, and, and have their beer, just because it'd be easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's a really cool idea to, to uh, you know, get some more notoriety out there for your brewery. I think, I, think we, I think this should be fun. We should try to keep track of this, and we should look back in a year from now or so and see how Migration's doing, because they're, they're like, pushing the envelope pretty heavily right now. You know, they opened a new spot out in Gresham, Big spot out in Gresham. I haven't been to yet, but I'm really excited to go out and check it out because yeah, I, mean, I love their original spot. There's a suburb open right there. Yep. And um, and then now, within less than a year of opening that place, now they have a small pop-up in the mall, and they're putting their cans in six-packs or their beer in six-pack cans, and now they're being distributed, and you can buy it. And this is a company that has clearly said, okay, we're ready. Let's push forward. Well, be go. fun to kind of watch because is that is that not what we're talking about here? No, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've talked with when we were with Patrick at at Stormbreaker talking about you know adding a second location. You know, I've lived it myself going through with Breakside. Um, that that is kind of a, a big step in your game and what in what's happening. And I think migration, talked about it with Eldon at Berlick. Exactly. Yeah, Berlick yeah, with Eldon at Berlick. Um, so. Yeah, I think that'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. So there you go. There's our in the in the brews or in the booze segment. Remember, let us know on social media at Mike Lynch twenty seven on Twitter at PDD085 on Instagram, or at least comment on one of his pictures with it. I know you can't just send messages on Instagram in the same way you can, yeah, you on can. Twitter. You can DM. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well then let him know there on uh, on Instagram. What which do you like better? In the booze or in the brews? And this could be a recurring segment or a recurring 
full podcast every once in a while as we get some new beer news throughout the uh, months to come. Coming up next, though, it is time for Beer of the Week. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. It is Beer of the Week time on episode 17. And uh, I was a little bit tricked by this beer this week because I went, wait, are we doing a repeat beer of the week right now in terms of a brewery? And I went, no, we've just talked about these guys a lot and are trying to get down there for an on-location podcast. Block 15 has a new beer out called the Dab Lab Mosaic. And... uh I was reading about the can before we started the segment. It is a series. The Dab Lab is a series they do where yep. they profile one hop. Yep. It's a single hop IPA. And this one is clearly, with the name Mosaic, Mosaic Hops. And uh, I can't remember which episode it was. It might have been the Barrelick episode. But I remember saying that after a couple of years now of experimenting and drinking IPAs and getting to like them way better than I used to, Mosaic Hops are my favorite hop. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what it is about them that makes them my favorite, but whenever a beer has mosaic hops, I like it more than if it doesn't in an IPA form, at least. And maybe, you know why, but uh, to me, it's just, it's what I like. I think there's just something pleasant about the hop mosaic that a lot of people cling to. I mean, it's gotta be the most common used hop. Well, maybe not the most common used hop. It's probably the most commonly used featured hop. I would say like people, like if somebody makes a beer, you might backload it with some like Chinook or some Citra or Cascade, Centennial, kind of the C's, the old school ones. Um, you might build it using some of those, but you're dry hopping a lot of times with Mosaic because it just it just has a very just bright citrus slash herbal kind of flavor to it that kind of just really makes beers pop, especially IPAs. I mean, the Mosaic hop was born to be in IPAs, so I think I think that's why people gravitate towards it a lot. But I mean, it doesn't mean you know any Yahoo can make can make an IPA using Mosaic and it turns out great. You still got to know what you're doing. Right. But Mosaic is definitely the friendlier hops. All right. Well, let's pop the cans. Yeah. And what's cool about this? What's cool about this series is they're using hop extractions, so it's almost like it's almost like using hop oils instead of the actual hops themselves, which allow them to play around with it a little more. That's interesting. And it gives it more of a pungent hop flavor because it's the extracts are going to be way more concentrated. You know? That is interesting. I Like, I can smell this thing. It's like, whoa, hops, I know. I, I, smell it. I smell it, too. Is this, do they do this with other beers? Because I feel like Block 15, generally, when I've had their beers, they smell stronger. I think, I think Block 15 uses a lot of extractions. I think they like it. I think they play around with it a lot. It'll be something fun to ask them when we get the chance to go down there. Is that different than other breweries? I would say so. I mean, I know for us, we don't use a whole lot of hop extractions. Um, I mean, I think some people do when they want to play around with the beer, but as a consistency thing, no, I don't think so. Well, while you were talking, I took my first sip. I saw that. It reminds me... Wow. That's interesting. It reminds me a lot of... A fresh hop beer yeah. because of the way it hits you with the grassy, earthy tone right away. Mm-hmm. It smells very strong. The, so the nose is very strong hop smell, which we just talked about. It's very pungent. Mm-hmm. Right away, it hits you with that, like, if you remember the freakout session we had over the ex-Novo, Elliot, <laughs> fresh hop. 
Uh, it reminds me of that in the beginning, in the front end of my palette, but as we go through the palette, it changes. So it's not just like grassy, 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 grassy. It's, oh, this is grassy, and oh, wait, there's some of the floral notes, and oh, there's some of the fruit notes, because it goes through the whole hop yeah. as you're going through your palette. Um, I mean, if you read the can, it says citrus, berries, pine, herbal, and tropical fruit character. And yeah, because the I guess the pine is kind of the grassy thing right in the beginning. And then you get right right into the citrusy and the herby and the and the berry flavor as you go through the palate. One thing that I also really love about drinking Block 15 beers is they're almost always super fresh. This beer was canned the day before Halloween. So you're talking less than 20 days old. It's perfect. And that I like my IPAs with a little with a little little age on them, like 10, 15 days, something like that. It's kind of right in my wheelhouse just because it lets the hops kind of flourish in the beer. Uh, I know Block 15 wants you to drink their beer ASAP, like sticky hands on the can at the top. It says best before yesterday. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, I, I love that idea. But for me personally, just my palate, I like these beers with a little age on them. I had one of these last night on draft. Um, and so I, th- I saw it and I, th- I thought it'd be a good idea. It's a great idea. And then RJ texts me. Have you guys got any, uh, had that Dab Lab mosaic? And I was like, RJ, I'm going to kill you. That's the beer of the week tomorrow. Yeah, listen tomorrow. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep this thing secret from Mike. <laughs> no longer secret. No longer secret. Um, yeah, this is really good. I like this a lot, and it kind of. I was a little nervous about it because I've always said I like mosaic hops, mm-hmm. and you were I, afraid you weren't going to like it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I didn't know why I liked it, but every beer that had mosaic, I thought was really good. And first, when you said hop extract, that made me a little bit nervous because. I, I'm not aware of what that means and what it does to a beer. I just thought it would be, you said the oils, which I know that it doesn't mean this, but in my head, I'm like, so it's going to be oily. Like I just kind of had this like disgusting oh, image like of like, wise. like an oily sheen on my tongue or something. Obviously that's not the case, but no, I like this a lot. It, as it gets to each flavor, it hits all the spots I like in a hop and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is a mosaic hop a more complex and flavor hop than others is there more going on in this one hop than there is say in a citra hop um yeah maybe i guess you could call it a more complex hop at its base i think it's just i think if anything is it's it's a lot more flavorful than other hops then and maybe it is because it's a little more complex that it's giving you a little more kind of touch on all different places all different sides of the palettes with this hop because it does hit it's almost, it's almost like, and this this might sound stupid, it almost hits different parts of my tongue and tastes different. It's not, I mean, yes, I understand that your taste buds are on your tongue and they work in different ways and they're in different spots. Whoa. <laughs> Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Um, but the, uh, that's kind of what's happening when this is in my mouth. This beer is in my mouth. And it just kind of, it changes flavors as it's going, not mm. just... Not, not just as I'm drinking it, but also as it's sitting there when I'm trying to get the middle in my palate. This beer, if you blind if you blind taste test me with this beer and some other beers, I would say, I don't know what beer that is, but man, it tastes like a Block 15 beer. Yeah. It's one thing I do love about that brewery is their beer is very much their beer. Um, I think they have a house flavor that uh, kind of reaches out to all hop lovers. I mean, I I know some people, I know some people, you know, high up in beer that with great palates that don't really care for Block 15 and I find that interesting because I think 
people, especially hoppy drinkers, hoppy drinkers can be all across the board. And I think Block 15 has taken a lot of us and brought us kind of together. You know, Block 15 always has, like, if you look at this beer, it's not clear. Nope. It's got a little haze to it. But to me, that is what I call the Block 15 haze. So it's like when I, when I, you know, not being a hazy fan, this beer is not a hazy beer, but it is kind of hazy in, in color. Uh, when somebody asks me, you know, or when I ask, hey, how, how is that beer? Is it hazy? And they're like, yeah. My question is always like hazy or like Block 15 hazy. And if they're like, ah, kind of like block 15 hazy, I'm like, cool, I'll take that. Because <laughs> uh, that, because these guys just, they don't, they just don't filter a lot of their beer. They don't use a lot of refining agents. And so their beer naturally kind of comes out a little cloudy. I mean, their Pilsner Gloria comes out a little cloudy. And that's a fantastic Pilsner. So which are the breweries that we've talked about on this podcast so far that have a house flavor? Double Mountain was one. Double Mountain for sure. Did I bring it up at Freem too? Uh, I feel like Freem has a... A bit of a house flavor. Yeah, too. Freem's IPAs, all their hoppy stuff. I I can usually tell it's a Freem beer, whether it's the uh, extra pale or the or the uh, down under or the citrus zest or just the house IPA. And then I agree with Block Fifteen. Every Block Fifteen beer I've had, I've been mm-hmm. like, "Yep, that's a Block Fifteen." That's a Block Fifteen beer. beer. Is there any any other ones that you know? I think I might have asked you this before too. That you know off the top of your head, or is, um, or any that we've mentioned that we said were house yeah, flavor. I'm trying to think. I don't think we did. I think those might be the three. Yeah, I don't. I don't get a big house flavor from like Ex Novo. I think all their IPAs are pretty, are pretty different, you know. And then their other beers, you know, whether it's Cactus Wins the Lottery or stuff like that, are kind of their own concoctions. Um, no, the big one for me was always Double Mountain. Double. I would say the the two biggest ones for me are probably Double Mountain and Block Fifteen. I would say those are the two that maybe it's just because I've drank a lot of them and a lot of different variants of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you put a double mountain in front of me, you put a vaporizer in front of me, I'm pretty sure I can be like, that's a vaporizer. The, uh, one final question before we go, and this is, this is almost more for me as, as a consumer and a fan of craft beer. So you knew this was coming out, uh, your buddy RJ texted you and said, and a listener to the podcast said he knew it was coming out. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Where, where do you, is it just hearsay? Or is there a place where they're like, hey, this big beer is coming out and you should go try it? Or or this is our seasonal that's that's being released? Or is it just kind of, uh, as you keep drinking these kind of beers and craft beer over the years, you learn when a certain brewery is going to release a certain type of beer? Well, Because it, Dab Lab is a project. Yeah, it's a series. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of twofold. One, um, you know, I do follow certain breweries on social media. And then they will say, you know, like, like a lot of times what happens is... And I always forget. So this, I did not know this was coming out. I might have heard it was coming out, but then forgot about it. Um, To use Block 15 specifically, they will, like, post on Instagram, like, uh, because I I follow them on social media. They'll post on Instagram on October 30th that they're, like, you know, showing a can or next to the glass, something like that, a cool picture that says, you know, new Dab Lab coming out, you know, in the tap room today, and then someone will comment like oh is any coming to portland and they'll be like in a couple weeks some will go up to portland so i kind of catch it through social media a little bit but in some of these smaller breweries especially that aren't in portland proper um i'll forget about it like i could have totally seen that instagram post and just went whoop but i walked into the the Thanks, second Chris <laughs> the the second the second point that i want to make on this is i think i spent enough time at the same local bottle shops 
that when I walk in, a lot of times when they'll get a new package, something like Dab Lab Mosaic, um, they'll have it on draft as well. And so, like, I went in to, I was at Bridgetown Beer House last night, and I went in to grab a pint with a buddy, and I looked up at the board, and I was like, oh, new Dab Lab. Oh, I'll taste that. And then we were chatting about it, and they were like, oh, yeah, they got cans, too. And so, it like... It's kind of like word of mouth, but you know, I go to whether it's Bridgetown Beer House or Saraveza or my my two local spots, whether I'm going either spot, I mean, it's just kind of talking. You know, I'll sit down, "Hey Dave, what's what's new? Anything new coming this week?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I got some new revision hazies, a new dab lab over there." And a lot of times it's just word of mouth, and I think I just go to the beer bars frequently enough during the week that I kind of see what's going on. Plus I make an effort. Right. I think that's the big thing. Is you got to make the effort. Cool. Well, good to know. I mean, I'll I'll be making more of an effort as we continue to do this podcast to to learn about what's hot and yeah, what's popping. Yeah, I think social media is a great place for it. Um, a lot of breweries use Instagram. I think that's kind of why I started to gravitate towards Instagram because um, it seemed like the common thread. Uh, but you know, the don't I don't mean to take you away from anything else. I think most places are doing Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I just don't take the pictures. Yeah. So like to me, Instagram is just like eh. I I like it. It's cool, but I what would I do? I don't take pictures. Yeah, that'd be pretty worthless. Well, you could follow people. Great. And then have an empty page and just be a weird, creepy guy who's following people. Yeah. Nah, I don't want to do that. All right. I don't want to do that. I'll stick with Twitter for now, at least. If I start taking more pictures, I'll go to Instagram. But I, I think really, to get back on this and not to sound like a broken record on it, I think it's just find a spot that you like. Find a spot in your neighborhood that does sell package. You know, hopefully you can, hopefully you've got a spot near you that sells package and has a bar that you can sit in and just, you know, chat with the bartenders. You know, those guys are, are, and gals, excuse me, those people are there all day, every day. You know, they know what's coming in. They know what was selling, what's not selling. They've tasted every beer on draft and just spark up conversations and say, hey, anything cool coming down the line or, you know, what's new this week and blah, 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 blah. And then they'll get to know your palate. They'll get to know what kind of beers you like and you can step in. You know, I'll, I'll step into some of the places I like to go and there will already be two mini tasters of two different beers on draft in front of me because they know what kind of beer I like. Right. And they'll say, here, try these two. You know, and I won't ask what they are. I'll just taste one, taste the other one. I'm like, ooh, I like that one. I'll, I'll have that one. Which one is that? And lots of times you can be surprised. They're like, oh, that's a Firestone Walker. And I'm like, oh, man, I never drink Firestone Walker. Cool, I'll have one. <laughs> uh, so I think it's just about creating a relationship and kind of a, a repetition in the places you like. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for Beer of the Week and the podcast this week. Remember, you can find us on social medias, as we just talked about, at MikeLynch27 on Twitter, at PDD085 on Instagram. You can find the podcast every Thursday at 4 o'clock on Radio.com, on iTunes, on Google Play, on 1080thefan.com, on Stitcher. um, And that's where you can find it. Next week is Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So we will not be releasing a podcast on Thursday. What we're going to do is because I leave actually uh, to go home next week for, for Thanksgiving. And by home, I mean go to New Jersey. So And I'm going to Pullman. You're going to go see the... Uh, I'm going to the Apple, Apple Cup, Cup, baby. So we're going to go either Monday or Tuesday, one of our quick hits, just a beer of the week, quick 10, 15-minute podcast. And uh, just to give you something next week as you get ready for your Thanksgiving, maybe chat a little bit about Thanksgiving as well. And uh, then we'll get back to the full podcast the week after that. So that's what you, that is what you can expect next week. 
And uh, it'll be a little bit earlier and we'll we'll tweet it out and we'll post it on Instagram and all that stuff so you'll see it. And if you are subscribed on iTunes or any of the various sources, you'll see it pop up on your phone. Uh, but yeah, that's next week. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, oh, and let us know in the brews or in the booze, which do you like better? Because this will likely be a recurring segment and or podcast topic over the next couple of months. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Deuces.